We consider David <clears throat> to be a saint. And obviously, he was an imperfect human being, as we all are. He committed some pretty big sins in his life. He uh, was guilty of adultery with Bathsheba and then ultimately was responsible for, for the murder of her husband, Uriah. And there were consequences for that sin. I mean, David repented very sincerely, but there were, if you read, if you read the first and second book of Samuel, uh, there were serious consequences for those sins. Today, he commits another sin, one that doesn't stand out is obviously uh, gravely sinful. He basically orders a census, which makes me want to have nothing to do with the census that starts this year in 2020. He, he has Joab go and, and number the people. Why is this wrong? Why is this sinful? Why does this bring about such a serious punishment on the people of Israel, right? I mean, through the prophet, uh, there are three punishments he's, he's given a choice of. Through the prophet Gad, you know, he can um, have three years famine on the land, he can flee from his enemy for three months, or three days pestilence. I mean, those are very serious punishments. What is so wrong with the census? Well, the Second book of Samuel never tells us why it's such a sin, but perhaps David, you know, he, he's asking how many men are fit for military service. 800,000 men uh, in Israel, 500,000 in Judah. It's as if he's counting on this worldly resource uh, for his strength, for his security. You know, contrast this with um, a couple weeks ago, before I went to the Holy Land, we had that reading David and Goliath. And I said then that the, the story of David and Goliath, David's victory over Goliath, is not about his ingenuity, right? It's not like it's about David thinking outside the box and using a slingshot and, and winning that way. It's not really even an underdog story. David is a boy fighting an elite warrior. It's criminal that he was even out there. No, the victory of David over Goliath is how nothing is impossible for God and how God will work through those who trust in him. God is the reason for David's success on the battlefield, and he forgets that in counting the number of men ready for his military, men fit for military service. He's beginning to attribute what should be given to God to himself. That's a very dangerous place to be. You know, for our part, you know, maybe this isn't going to be a temptation for us exactly, right? None of us can order a census. But it is a good question to ask uh, ourselves. Do we recognize that the good we do, that the victories we have in the spiritual life in trying to spread the gospel, that at the end of the day, Without God, we, we, without Christ, we, we can't advance one step in the spiritual life. We can't help one person come to, to know Christ without his grace, without his help. The victories that we have, um, we have them because the Lord has blessed, them, blessed us with them. 
And really, this first reading, it, it should humble us. It should humble us to reflect on how much we need God. But it also should inspire us, because if we come to that point where we can trust in God, as David did in that battle with Goliath, then nothing is impossible for us. Take one person who is wholly dependent on God, who trusts him with his or her whole heart and soul, and God can move mountains. I mean, that's the history of the church right there. Especially when times look terrible, what happens? One man or one woman comes along who has completely abandoned him or herself to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God revitalizes and re-evangelizes and rebuilds his church. God wins the victory and gives his saints a share in it. So let's pray that we might become the saints he created us to be so that he can work impossible wonders and victories through us.